This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is uh, Jay Horowitz with another edition of Amazing Mental on my podcast. My friend, close to 40 years now, engaged a couple of years, Bobby O'Hara. In the mid-80s, you probably don't remember, you almost got me fired. Um, your brother-in-law's bachelor party, you coerced me to go out drinking with a group of friends, took me to a bar in Staten Island, you dropped me off about 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning, you dumped me in my office, I fell asleep on my closet, and my poor secretary, Lynn Daly at the time, yeah. came in, she was scared, she thought I was dead. <laughs> well, she was a doll then. Yeah, she still um, is. Yeah, no, you, we, we, we had a great time, but, and we actually did think you were dead, and we didn't want to. Want to stick around? So we yeah, you kind of made me led to beating pants a couple of instances. I've never done that stuff before. Yes, you have. <laughs> yes, you have. <laughs> so November 1985, eight players involved: uh-huh. New York Mets acquired Bobby O'Hanan, twelve and twelve with Boston. No big deal. Hmm. No, we didn't think it was a big deal. It turns out it was a big deal. Well, it, it it was a big deal for me because I really wanted to get out of there. And not because I didn't like Boston. I loved Boston, and I loved the Red Sox. I had fun there. Uh, but the team was old and grouchy and tired, and they were a lot of guys were hanging on. There wasn't there, it, it didn't feel like we were on the cusp of winning anything. John McNamara had come in as the manager in 85, didn't really care for me. I shut his team out this previous year, 1984. I had five shutouts that year. I shut his team out twice, right? right? This is the manager, the new manager. I pull into spring training. I say, hey, I see his car. Let me go say hello. And he just, hey, how are you, John? Bobby Ojeda. He goes, yeah. He goes, I saw you pitch one time, 1980, during the strike. I'm like, oh, <laughs> if I can't say edit it out. But I said, I'm, this ain't good. Because I just shut him out the previous I, year. I have to stop before we... <laughs> we win the championship of 86. We win one without you. Probably uh-huh. don't, haven't gotten the credit through the years you deserve. Oh, it's got to be a preface with that. So, see, so you, you transformed 12 and 12 with a four ERA. Into exactly 18, four. Yeah. Eight, I, mm-hmm. I looked it up. I, my memory is not that good. So, 18 and five mm-hmm. with a 2.57 ERA. Well, what happened? Well, I'll tell you, we were a much better team. We won 108. Yeah. Uh, but I had played, I was five years in Boston. And I was I was a veteran, you know. I had some, you know, I've had some good years there. I had shutouts. Um, we were re- relatively a 500 club, so the record never really got sexy, you know. The record was always a 500 or right around there. Um, the previous year, though, that 85 year, I spent time in the bullpen. He wanted to make me a closer, John McNamara. I'm not a closer. That's a different animal. Uh, I don't have the nerve. You know, I don't want to wear a cup every day. I don't want to wear spikes every day. I want to leisurely hang out for four days, pitch once every five days. So he wanted to make me a starter, a reliever, closer. That didn't work. So my record sort of reflected an off-on year. And and, um, uh, I knew my time was up there, which was fine, you know. Um, And then the trade happened. I mean, how much of a difference did Mel Stoudemire make for you? 
you know. Huge. Like, you, you didn't throw the ball 100 miles in 90. You weren't Darling or, or, or Doc or, well, or, I, the, or Sid. I mean, the, I mean, my pitch, my my sexy pitch was my changeup. But what gets lost is that the only way I got away with the changeup was I pitched inside. I didn't hit a million people because that's, that's not the name of the game. But you have to pitch inside. I pitched inside to the righties with my fastball with regularity. That was what set up the outside part of the plate. I could, like, spring training of, what was it? I th- it might have been 82. I was throwing 93, 94. But I had elbow issues my entire life. And I'm like, I'm not going to last at 92, 94. So I dialed it back to 90. Let's call it 90. And these are guns in the 80s. These guns in the 80s, if we had the guns of today, we'd, uh, you know, Everybody be throwing 98, you know. I, I Guys are throwing a little harder, but I think the guns are different today than they were. I do think there's a little bit of a gun issue, uh, radar gun. Um, but when I, when I pitched, I had to pitch inside, and that was the key. And Mel really drove that home. He, he confirmed what I had to do in Boston. And this gets lost because it's slightly technical, a little bit boring. A left-handed pitcher in Fenway Park is notoriously unsuccessful. Why do you ask? Jay, ask me why. Why? Why? I'll tell you why. Because they try to just pitch away to stay away from that wall. Pesky pole. Well, that's that's the other other way. So you got a lot of right-handed hitters. They all want to pull, right? Right. So lefty pitchers notoriously, instinctively, oh, I better stay away. Wrong-o. You got to go in, and you got to go in hard. And then pitch away. You got to go in hard, jam them, so they yeah. they can't get to the wall, and then you get them out away because Fenway Park, as you know, center field over to right is a canyon, so you can let them bang it out there all they want. But Mel just confirmed it. He actually told me, "Don't change. You you pitch inside. You throw the fastball inside because you had to in Boston." Me, Bruce Hurst, John Tudor, three lefties. We all threw very similar. Right. We all fed up. We got to get inside to open up the outside. So, and open you can get them out with the sinker, get them out with changeup, whatever. Me, I just haven't have a good changeup. But the only way it worked was learning how to use it. Once I got here, and Mel confirmed it. Don't change. So the Met team you came to wasn't exactly in last place. Matter of fact, right. they won ninety eight games the year before. I think right. it wasn't like you were go to a last place team. How much of a culture shop you walk into the locker room is Doc, Darrell, Darling, Kid? Did it take you time to assimilate, you know, to be part of the group? Well, it took, uh, what I did is I didn't say anything for two weeks because I, I, I really enjoyed my time in Boston, but I broke in. There was a lot of veteran stars on that club, too, right. and I, but I was a kid. I came over here as a veteran. So I saw these guys, and quite frankly, I didn't know, I didn't know who they were. You know, I was you know who Gary Carter was? Yeah, I was in the American League. Okay. Back then, you got all this information nowadays. Everybody knows everybody is in the league play. Yeah. Back then, and you know me, I'm a very uh, a one-trick pony. I was concerned with the American League. Yeah. So I didn't really know what the Mets were doing. Now, obviously, after I got traded, I said, well, let me check these guys out. Uh, but I didn't know that much. There wasn't this. Now you can learn. I can learn what kind of dog they have, you know, what they had for dinner yeah. last night. Back then, it wasn't like that, nor did I give a darn. You know, I'm like, I got a job yeah. to do. So I saw these guys, 
And I, you probably remember, I, I didn't say much for two weeks. I was just looking. I'm like, I'm in a room full of puppies. These guys are younger. They're full of vinegar. They're all, you know, Davey's got everybody whipped into a frenzy saying, we're winning the whole thing. Yeah. Or get out of here, That's pack true. your bags. Big so, training speech. Yeah. And yeah. so it was like, I love it. Because over there, it was survival of the old guys. You know, say, yeah. like, hey, don't, don't rock the boat. You know, we just want to... You know, you young guys, just be quiet. Here, it was like a room full of puppies. I'm telling you, I loved it. And so then I'm like, I love this vibe. I embraced the vibe. And and then, you know, began to get to know the guys and get to know what they were about. And and uh, you, I don't know if you remember. This, this, this was the greatest, one of the greatest dinners ever. Perhaps the most important dinner of 1986 for me. We were in, and you... Brought up Mel, who we all love, Mel Sotomayor, right. pitcher. All loved him. Gentleman, but a great man as well as a phenomenal yeah. pitcher and teacher. So we have a pitcher-catcher dinner in Pittsburgh, 1902, a place where you used to get drunk all the time. <laughs> Maybe once. Well, <laughs> All right, so we have a pitcher-catcher dinner yeah. there, right? This is early in the season. Yeah. If you look at the 86 schedule, when we played Pittsburgh, right. I don't, it was early. That's when we went. So, we're, I still hadn't talked much. We're out of spring training. We're up here. Season's going. But I'm still like, I'm loving it, but I, I just, I, I'm taking more of it in than, you know, I'm just watching. And I, I just loved watching these guys all, all crazy and amped up. We go to dinner at 1902. I'll never forget a Great steakhouse, old school. We all go in. All the pitchers, catchers. Vern Horscheidt, the old he's bullpen dead, coach, he's dead. Yeah, yeah. Probably. yeah. It Rest wasn't the food because it was a while ago. But yeah, he died. <laughs> yeah, the food was fine, <laughs> but so and everybody was there, and it's a big table and everybody's drinking and you could smoke cigars while you're yeah. eating. It, it was a fantastic time um, to be around and to be in the big leagues and to be young and strong. So we go to this dinner and they go around. The, I still haven't talked much. They're going around the table. You know, what would you like? Boom, boom, boom. What would you like? You know, the guy's going around the table. Gets to me. I go, well, what are you making meant? You know, to the guy and sitting there. And he goes, well, we have this. We have that. But he goes, we have a beautiful prime rib. Uh, you know, it's a big and it's a beautiful prime rib. And I go, you know, and everybody's kind of looking at me because he still haven't heard me talk much. Right. right? So I go, well, <clears throat> cut that emmer effer up. People spit their drinks out. They're like, we've never heard this guy talk. And he immediately tells yeah. this guy to cut that thing yeah. up and let's go. And it was Katie bar the door from that moment forward of that whole season. Yeah. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And yeah. the dinner. You know, you were always kind to me, Bobby. You know, I didn't, you know, I didn't like to go out with a lot of, you know, I try to keep my distance, but... But you like to hide. To hide, and a lot of times... Used to send friends to my hotel room yes, to check on me, which I thought was very caring of you to do that for me. Well, I felt it was important to make sure that you know you you had company. Yes, and sometimes yes. you know, 
people I'd run into were female people. <laughs> it happens nowadays. It happened, and you but know this, that was how I, you guys made me feel part of the team, and that was one thing of making me a part of that. That was the thing. And this one night I was at at uh, CVS. Yes. I was getting some Pepto Bismol. Yes. And I ran into the nice lady at the counter. I yes. said, oh, by the way, you're in the medical field. <laughs> because she was at CVS, <laughs> cashier. I said, a friend of mine, yeah, I don't know, could you take him some? Because I know he always has stomach problems. Yes. <laughs> Can you bring him some Pepto-Bismol? Was was nice sure. but oh. I, I learned. I was, I was a little afraid, so I kind of right, Well, my, I said my knee hurt. Right, right, right. Yeah, well, could, 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 it was me and Aggie, yeah. like Aguilera, outside the door. Hey, can I go back in the minor leagues? You know, the original term vulture... Yes. Really emanated with you. Rochester plays Portucket, 33 in a game, yeah. 32 innings, and the 33 inning, you pitch and get a win. Yeah. How did you accept that win? <laughs> a silver platter. That's crazy. 13 pitches. And you pitched 30, 30, and didn't uh, get a win? I didn't even watch the first 32. <laughs> and I show up for the last one, and um, I get the W, and it was a pterodactyl, it was yeah. beyond vulture. But then, um, yeah, longest game in baseball professional right. history. I don't know if it right. still is or not. But that's kind of cool. It just landed on my day. And Joe Morgan, who became the manager of the Red Sox, right. later was my manager. And he, he uh, worked it out so I had the ball on that day. It was a big thing because there was a strike. Right, right. At that time, it was 81, I yeah, believe. Yeah, yeah. There was a strike. So all the baseball world back then, which was a lot smaller than it is now, was there. They built stands and just for the media. It was really, really cool. And all my friends on the team and all these guys who were most likely never going to make it to the big leagues because most of us weren't going to make it. That's just right. life. But it was like a big league atmosphere for a day, which was fun. Made all the big national TV shows. And everywhere, and yeah. And so, yeah, no, I snaked the W. Yeah, we're going to make a bad person. No, no. So uh, jump ahead, uh, uh, postseason 86. Mm -hmm. We lose the first game to Houston, Mike Scott. We won 108 regular season games. What's going to happen next? You take the mound, seven innings, beat Nolan Ryan, five to one. Probably one of the biggest. You know, we go down 0-2. What's going to happen? Who knows? One of the biggest wins we've ever had in uh, in Mets history. That was up until that point the biggest game of my life. Right. And I say up until that point because yes. I know where you're going. But I wasn't worried so much about facing Nolan Ryan. I was worried about getting people out because all you know I got a hit off him, but I don't right. really care. My guys, our team, I was confident we're gonna we're gonna do their thing, but I felt it was very important that I didn't get us behind early. And I didn't put undue pressure on myself, but there's times you have to come through. There's times it's like you look in the mirror, you're shaving to get ready to go to the ballpark. I can't choke today. Yeah. I have to do my job. So yeah, it's facing Nolan. I knew it would probably be a tight ball game. Right. But I knew I had a lot of work to do and I knew I had a great team behind me. So most pressure I had ever felt in my life in a game up to that point. Probably gets overlooked in history. Famous game six, which we mm -hmm. win in 16 innings, seven to six. You give up three runs in the first inning, mm -hmm. but that was it. I mean, three runs, you shut it down in the next four innings, gave us a chance to win. Do you remember where, where did you go? Did you go in the locker room? Did you stay in one place? I stayed in one place for about 12 innings. For the yeah. luck. Yeah, for luck. Yeah, yeah, and then, yeah. then when Hatcher hits the home run, and say, oh, what's going to happen? And then, yeah. and, and what do you mean with Jesse strikes out Bass in the 16th inning? Yeah, yeah. I, I remember, I think I stayed on the bench for a little bit because, right. you know, I, I still had a lot of energy left. I still amped up. But I had some, then I, then I went inside because I had to, my ritual after the game back in the day was 
to have a couple, uh, you know, uh, adult beverages and things like that, sit at my locker, soak my arm in ice like everybody does, everybody did, uh, still do. Um, and then I was watching it, and then I believe it's watching it on the TV in the locker room, and then it happened. It was just it was electric. We had the fear of Mike Scott. I remember the It was guy, looming over us. Looming over He had one uh, run, I think, two games. Yeah. Maybe Mike Scott the ball up a little bit. Maybe Hurricane Mike was coming. Yeah, we all knew it. And, and every, no one wanted to face him. Now, we say that, and it's been said for years, we were afraid to face Well, we never say we were afraid. Yeah. We were very, very concerned because all he had to do was say boo. And we weren't gonna get hit. Yeah. So now that was the that was the thought process. Had we lost game six and faced him in game seven, my heart of hearts, we'd have beat him. My heart of hearts, we'd have beat him. Yeah. Uh, but we didn't have to cross that. Bridge. Yeah, you talk about the comeback in the World Series, but to come back that day, game six in the, against Houston, losing three nothing against mm -hmm. Bob Nepper, yep. a couple of hits, we get. Three runs in the ninth. We went through that game with five pitchers, I think. It was you, Aggie, McDowell, and Jesse, maybe four pitchers. Might have I mean, been, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, when did you see four pitchers would cover 16 innings? Well, that was the one when, remember, Jesse and, and Roger were switching in the right field. No, that was Cincinnati. Oh, that was Cincinnati. That was, Cincinnati. Okay. That was a game when they had the big fight and, and Raceland and Eric Davis. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, day. anyway, yeah. But whenever, you know, I think Roger pitched five innings, Aggie pitched four innings, and, yeah. you, know, you know, then... They had the greatest mound confrontation when, when Keith supposedly told Jesse, if you throw another fastball, I'll kill you. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's, there's a lot of stories that are like long on story, short on accuracy. Yeah. I wasn't on the mound. I don't remember if that happened. And I probably did. If yeah. Jesse said it yeah. happened, it happened. He was there. But, yeah, it was an amazing job, actually, by Davey. When you have to move that many things around, and it's gut feeling at that point because you're off the charts. You got your one of your closers throwing five innings. Are you kidding me? Right. You know you're 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 in uncharted waters, um, and the only way it turns out that it's brilliant is if you won. If you lose, well, you suck. What are you doing there? Bad bad, bad. managing. So no, that was that was an amazing game. And like I say, had we gone to Game Seven and you knew that team as well as I yeah. did, we'd have won Game Seven. We'd have, we'd found have beat. Way. We'd yeah, have I, found a way to beat Scott. We it's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. So, World Series, do you believe in the theory we had a hangover? We lose the first two games against Boston at home. No, they just took it to us. Yeah. You know, we were a far better club, yeah. in my opinion, and I knew that club. I knew that. I was the only guy in the world who knew that club inside, and yeah. I knew our club yeah. inside from a player standpoint. It's the only guy. We were a better club. I know that. The Mets were a better club. This doesn't always mean you're going to win. And it didn't. We didn't come out flat. We just couldn't get it done. Yeah. You know, we, we didn't were, get it done. We were recovering from the plane ride. Well, we were a little tired. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, it was a long kind of, we couple times. We the plane up a little bit. And yeah, yeah. I remember when Davey, yeah. they wanted to, uh, us to pay $10,000. 
The damage. Remember we got yelled at? Yes. Down yeah. in the locker room? Yeah. He came in and yelled I, at I think Davey ripped up the check or something like well, that. Well, Davey yelled a little bit, yeah. but then Mr. Frank Cashin, who I love to this day, God rest his soul, he's yes. dead, loved Frank, yeah. changed my life by bringing me here. Yes. I'm still here all these years later. Yeah. I'm married to Staten Island girl. That's nice. Eh, where am I going? <laughs> I'm going nowhere. Anyway, anyway, we had some issues on the plane. A couple seats got broken. There's the stories of what happened on that plane far exceed what actually I happened. I was sleeping. I don't know. Yeah, sure you were. <laughs> anyway, so a lot of stuff, crazy stuff. There was wives on the plane. Yeah. So that's why it's... I have a lot of daughters, and you can... One story starts, and then it changes along the way. So stories change. It was a crazy plane flight, nonetheless. I know what you're saying. We were a little tired from that flight. Um, I, I think... In a weird way, I'll tell you what's cool. Because as players, Davey always had our back. Right, he did. No we question. always knew. That's why we fought so much. Because he would yell at the other guy, and then he'd get up. We were right. mad anyway. Then it's like, Dad says it's okay, go kick their ass. And so then we would do that. When Davey gave us a little a little slap on the wrist was one thing. But then moments later, Frank Cashin comes in and reads us the riot act. Right? Right. Now, this is like when your dad... Right, your dad is Frank, and he's just on you. He's just on you, and and and, and Frank's and, and Davy's your mom, and then all of a sudden, mom Davy steps in and goes, "Hey, hey, hey, stop it! They're good boys. Yeah. They're good boys. They got a little, little out of hand. What happens? Good boys happens. We'll find them. We'll send them to their room, no supper, <laughs> and then we'll go kick Boston's ass." And it bonded us again. Yeah, yeah. That You have to have that to win in the postseason. You have to have your buddies, your teammates, who, even if you don't love everybody, become your brother for the year. We're brothers that year. And you fight together and you do stuff. So Davey brought us together in a backhanded way. I don't know if you remember, Davey had another brilliant idea. Game, you had to have press conferences after when you go in a new city. Davey kept the whole team home in Boston, I think, for you. Mamie and Darling, and we we, and we used to have to you have to have a workout after game two. Right, right, right. Davy called off the workout to give us rest, and we had a press conference. So we lose the first two games. Mm -hmm. You're pitching at Fenway Park. You want to kick it behind, mm -hmm. and you wind up going seven innings. We win five or six to one. I forget how satisfying was that win for you? Biggest game of my life, uh, most important game of my life, obviously. Uh, the most game, the the biggest game, the game I'm most proud of. Because it was personal. It wasn't just a game. It wasn't just a World Series. Our back wasn't just against the wall. It was personal. There was guys over there that I loved, and there was guys over there that I couldn't stand. And if I'd have lost to them, if they'd have... Because they wanted to beat me as bad as I yeah. wanted to beat them. Maybe more. Well, not more. I really wanted to beat them. Um, if they'd have stuck it to me like they wanted to... I, I'd, have I'd still be struggling with that. But instead, I stuck it to them. Yeah. And it was personal for them. When they get in, when a guy gets in the box on you, there's a moment where you look at each other. No matter who it is. Some guys don't like to do that. I like to do that. So guys coming in, these are guys I know personally. These Some of these are friends. Some of these guys I can't stand. They're coming in the box, and we're looking at each other, I'll bet briefly, but the hate and rage... <laughs> It's transferred. Was it a love fest? No. No. There was wow. guys over there, yeah. I, you know, I, I despised and wanted to beat them. That, Lenny led up the game with a home run, right? I mean, yep. Yep. I'm in the bullpen. It lands in the thing. And um, that's good and bad. 
because you get that lead early. It's my game now. Yeah. If it's 0-0, a lot of guys pitch great 0-0. A lot of guys pitch great down one or two to nothing. I know guys like that. I played with them. I coached them. Analyzed them. Some guys don't like the lead. I like the lead. So I got that lead, but all of a sudden the onus is on me. To keep the lead. I got to keep the lead yeah. now. I got Now it's like, man, now it's on me. You got to embrace that. And, and I did. I loved it. Having that three-run lead did not mean the game was over. It just put more fire in my stove if I needed any more that now it's on me. Now my teammates are dependent on me to hold this lead. So you, you pitch game six, famous game six. Mm -hmm. You didn't pitch badly, two runs in six innings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, do you remember where you were when the ball went through uh, Buckner's legs? Yeah, I actually was, you know, I pitched and I was out of the game. I had to go uh, ice my arm. Just, I don't know why, there's no tomorrow because, you know, for me, that was it for my, my year. Um, so I went up, I was in the locker room, kind of bummed out because at that point it was still early and then Aggie... Right. Aggie struggled a little bit. And then, so it didn't look good for us. So I'm in the locker room, eh, probably down in my underwear or whatever. And um, I was having a couple social sparklers and kind of down, really down, you right, know? Sure. And then I'm watching on the TVs. You remember the old locker room? Watching, you know, oh, you know, here's a hit. There's another hit. There's a thing. And then the one at bat that really stands out to me. In that, in that sequence was Gary's hit. Yeah. Gary's look of determination. He wasn't, he wasn't going to make the last what, And you know what? He didn't. That, remember I said you got to come through every now yeah. and then? And his determination came flying through in that at bat. Yeah. I mean, I still remember that hit. Yeah. So then it started to get kind of interesting. So I all I did was I, I wrapped a towel around my, I think I had my underwear on or something, no shirt, shower shoes. Uh, maybe I threw a T-shirt on. I wrapped a towel around my my uh, midsection, ran down the tunnel when it was really getting right. action-packed, right? So I'm leaning. Remember the old tunnel? I'm leaning out of the tunnel, leaning out the dugout, looking what's going on. So then the, the hit happens, and because I was half-naked, I didn't go out to see the ball actually go through. You should have. Yeah, right. But I heard the crowd <laughs> right. and saw that thing. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And so then it was just... Chaos, running back up the tunnel, everybody come running in. Now everybody was ecstatic, but there was a, there was a there was a governor. We were ecstatic, but we were like, "There's more work to do." Right. But ecstatic, and not like trying to choke it off too much because we knew at that point we had this thing. We knew it was over. We knew we were going to win Game Seven. Even and then was, it rained the next yeah, day, right? Yeah, there was a Jewish holiday. We rained. My rabbi, I was supposed <laughs> to work that night. I went to the rabbi for dispensation. It worked. Pulled off the game, moved over to Monday. So 1988 <laughs> was a great year for the Mets, but not so much for you at the end of the year. Well, that was a year I couldn't buy a win. Yeah. I was 10 and yeah. 13. 10, I was under five. I had a two ERA. And then I got hurt there at the end. That didn't go well. But you know what? The one positive thing with that. You got the Metropolitan Gardener of the Year Award that year <laughs> for your gardening skills. Well, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. in my life, I've I've been you know I've been knocked down and got up. Yes, I've tripped over my own feet. Yes, that would yeah. count as tripping over yes, your own feet. Yes. One thing I always did was got back up. Yes, you did. And and uh, I was always proud of that. So that, yeah, that happened. Then you know I came back and 
oh, for here, it was kind of over because we lost that 86 mojo. We lost right. the 86 right. mojo when we lost Ray Knight. I will go to my grave in, in my heart of hearts. Losing him was the catalyst to yeah. the downhill. So, but at the same time, though, 25 guys still played. And anytime you're dependent or point at one guy for a win or loss, I didn't get a whole lot of people pointing at me. I'm the only reason we won in 86. Right. Which I feel I was. Yeah. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> no, but did you pitch it in game where the volleyball ball hit a pigeon? Yes. Damn, what was that? I forgot. Oh, that was here. It was here. Right? And who was the hitter? I forget. Big hitter, love, really real gentleman with Atlanta. Dale Murphy? Dale no. Murphy. Dale, he had Dale, a fly ball and, and a ball killed the, the kitchen. Pigeon. Smoked the pigeon we got right over short stuff. ASPCA. Yeah, <laughs> you know, the bad thing is, after that, now it was going to be an out. Yeah. But it hits the dopey bird, blows the bird up like a hand grenade, and then the next guy takes me yard for a two-run home run. That's terrible. I don't know. Lost the game. The That's stupid. I hated pigeons ever since. <laughs> Still hate them. <laughs> but I saw Murphy yeah. uh, a few years ago. He remembers that, too. I'm, like, I'm just the sitting there. I remember you pitching the pigeon game. The yeah. Type of well, see, this is the type of thing. Back back in our time earlier, well, it's our time now, too, um, at least uh, with all the social media, that would have been an emoji. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Now, yeah, it's like, what happened? People don't even remember. Yeah. But, I just, yeah. Um, but listen, you've been a great friend for a long time. Yes. I try value our friendship, and uh, you had a great career. But, yeah, uh, well, we're still here. He's still here, me too. Oh, but yeah. I'll be, and hopefully we'll keep being friends. Well, easy. Okay. Easy. Don't get ahead of yourself. Thanks for your time, my friend. <laughs>